No. Why, hello, children. When what are you supposed to be dressed as? You you don't look like you have on any costumes. What are you, little boy? Oh, well, I'm a werewolf by day. What? Well, yeah, no, werewolves during the day, they just look like everybody else. Oh, I, I see. And, and what about you? What are you supposed to be? Oh, I'm a... Oh, I'm just a uh, sociopathic finance manager. They look like everybody else. I see. I see. Okay, and what are what are you supposed to be? I'm a serial killer. They look just like everybody else. You know, I thought you children were being lazy, but these are the scariest costumes I've seen all Halloween. Welcome to the show. All right, everyone, welcome back to Ruben and Cut. Today, I'm just going to be reviewing some Halloween movies. Uh, specifically, two new movies. The first one is Werewolf by Night, the new Marvel special uh, about a werewolf at night. And um, though the supposedly final chapter in the pseudo-quadrilogy of Halloween, I say that because you could measure this as a trilogy, or you could measure it as a, as a quadrilogy, since technically all the movies in this trilogy are a sequel to the original Halloween, cutting out all the previous sequels, making it a sort of halfway reboot. The kind of reboot where you keep what's good and chuck everything else in the trash. So let's start by talking about Werewolf by Night. And now, uh, so Werewolf by Night is very popular right now. Everybody loves it. And I will tell you straight up, it's not bad. It's not bad. It is not bad. Um, however, um, my problem with Werewolf by Night is that it's, it's, uh, it's not very satisfying. And what I mean by that is that, like, okay, like, if you can enjoy a movie that only lasts an hour and doesn't really have, and it has a plot that could be described in, like, a paragraph with the amount of, with about the amount of character development that would be prone to, like, a children's cartoon, then, yeah, Werewolf by Night is, uh, then I'm sure you'll be very satisfied by Werewolf by Night. Um, I think Werewolf by Night is very well made. If I were to describe Werewolf by Night as Halloween candy, I would say that it is a fun-sized bar of your favorite candy bar. It's great. Actually, it's kind of really great, and you love the taste, and it's your favorite, but it's the fucking fun-sized bar. <laughs> and that's the way I thought about the movie. It's like, ah, oh, this was this was fun. Now it's over. Well, that was fun. Like, Werewolf by Night introduces us to some interesting characters. And maybe that's all it's meant to do. Maybe these characters it introduces to us are intended for something further on down the line. And this is just a 
fun little fun-sized Marvel movie. That's what it is. It's a fun-sized Marvel movie. It's same great taste, half the calories, half the satisfaction. Fantastic. Now, I will say some... Now, that would be selling the movie. Now, if this sounds like um, I didn't like the movie very much, that, that's not actually accurate. I did like the movie. I think it's actually very cool. The way it's mostly in black and white, although some people have speculated it was shot on film. I don't believe that for a second this film was shot on film. It's pretty good black and white. It's pretty good black and white. But I am 99% certain it was shot on digital. It does not look like film black and white. I'm sorry. They try. They add a lot of effects, and they do a great job. But my whole time I'm watching, I'm like, uh, this is definitely a filter. I mean, I could be wrong. Sometimes I am a glasses wearer. But I was wearing my glasses while I was watching it. It's and uh, the director. I think the director did a good job. Uh, Gian, um, oh man, I'm 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 blanking on his name right now. He did. He's what's fascinating about this guy. The guy who directed it is more known for composing music for movies. Um, he's actually. He composed a bunch of shit this year, including the Batman. Um, so it's so I I would say you know this is a solid solid debut for a guy who isn't uh, normally uh, direct behind the camera. Well, I mean he is normally behind the camera, but you know like not directly behind the camera. More like still on the film, but not necessarily doing anything with the camera. <laughs> Uh, but he does a good job, and I mean, honest. And if if you're the type of person who loved, uh, like, who loves universal classic horror, like black and white films, oh, stuff like that, then then this movie's gonna ha- gonna hit you, give you. Then this is definitely your favorite candy bar, uh, if you're that person. I, I would argue that it is still the fun sized version of your favorite candy bar, uh, but it is, is definitely your favorite candy bar. It, it does a nice job paying homage to this. Um, the There is a lot of humor, although some of it is quite um, morbid, including a person who would, upon his death, have his body <laughs> reworked into an animatronic um, uh, gruesomely. Uh, that would be... That would be uh, something that is both darkly funny and uh, and quite morbid. The uh, the music, of course, is great. I neglected to see if he did the music too. Um, how am I forgetting his name right now? Well, he's a he's great. He's a great composer, and uh, looks like he's a pretty damn good director too. Although it will be interesting to see how he handles something that is uh, full length and complex versus uh, what this is, um, which is um, not full length. And uh, if I told you, if I tried to synopsis the plot, I would give away the entire movie. Um, I can, basically, the, the most I can tell you is uh, basically um, some monster hunter has died and he had a magic stone. And now a bunch of other monster hunters have come to his funeral slash wake slash whatever this is where you open your coffin and you've been animatronicized 
to go and get and kill a monster to take to claim the bloodstone and if another hunter gets in your way you can kill them too but you you think you think would be dumb because like you you would think in a world of monster hunting you would want as many monster hunters alive as possible but uh but apparently like monster hunter culture is not that forward thinking they're, they're dumbasses, is what I'm saying. Uh, and basically, there's a variety of different characters there who uh, are there to hunt the monster. Uh, don't get too excited. Only three of them have any character development. Um, the other is just kind of like, oh, it's the Asian and the weird-looking one. Oh, that's not... Unless you count all of their body counts as character development. It, it, it's pretty straightforward. Weird looking one, Asian one, creepy guy with the beard. I think there's a couple more of them, but I don't remember them because they don't matter. Um, I, I, I know it sounds like I didn't like this movie, <laughs> but I assure you it was fun, and that's fine. <sighs> like... I, I don't know. A lot of people complain about movies being too long. And like, but the thing is, is that like, I don't know. Everyone's always like, oh, DC's animation is so good. Yeah, if you want to watch a 70 minute version of a comic book story that was longer. Yeah, I guess DC's animated movies are good. Like, okay, so, like, just as an example, there's this the Justice League Dark cartoon movie that the DC put out a, lo- a few years ago. Like, it's fine. It's a decent adaptation of the comic, but it's, like, 70 minutes. And, like, half the characters are missing from it. I, I Like, it's fine. It's entertaining. But, like, at the end of the day, I was like, eh, I don't care. And, and Werewolf by Night is a little bit like that. Like, overall, I'm watching. I'm like, well, this is good. And then it's over, and, and by the time it's over, barely enough has happened for me to care. Um, and I just found it very unsatisfying in that regard. Like, it, it's... Like, it's, it's barely two acts. It's barely two acts of a, of a story. There's, like, the bare minimum amount, like, to have a story happens. So what did I like about you? So what? So I say I like this thing, and I, I make it sound like I found it depressingly uninteresting. And that's not fair, because it was cool. It was visually cool. It was acted decently. Um, the characters we were interest, we were introduced to, I'm very interested in to see how they're going to play out in the greater uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. I want to know where this is going. And I tell you who those characters are, but then I would have literally given away the entire thing. Is one of them a werewolf? Yeah. And you'll probably figure it out pretty quickly. It, is there an, a, a, if there some other famous is there some other famous Marvel characters in this movie? Uh, yeah, yeah, there are. And if I told you who they were, I don't even know if it'd be worth watching. That's not fair. That's not fair. I'm just saying, if I told you who it was, 
I would literally be giving away the only thing left to be surprising about the movie. But once again, it's fine. It's fun. It's it's a, like a snack, a tasty little snack of a film. Okay, you just have to be prepared to be like, this is not a meal, because it's not. And I I like if you were to ask me like, well, how would it compare to other Marvel movies? I'd be like, it does not. Uh, it does not. In fairness, I enjoyed it better than some actual full-length Marvel movies. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, I just, I'm trying to say nice things right now, and I'm failing. And that's, I didn't expect that to be my reaction. Um, but no, it's fine. the The acting is good. The action is good. the the characters that introduce are entertaining. And I am genuinely excited to see where these things get used later on. The movie is mostly, and the movie is visually cool. The black and white works pretty well. I mean, it's no Sin City, but it's good. It's used at a few very striking moments. And if you've heard the hype about the gore in the film, yes, this is the goriest of the Marvel movies that I can think of. Um, that being said, don't get overhyped for that. If that's a thing that you're looking forward to, because is there blood? Yes. Is there some gore? Yes. If this movie was in color, would it possibly have gotten R? Eh, maybe. But it's a TV-14 movie. And it's, there's some gore, there's some blood. It's not, like, if you don't like those things, I think you'll be able to handle the movie just fine. If you do, if you are hyped about hearing that there's gore in a Marvel movie, I need you to take a deep breath and slow your roll. Because gorier than PG-13? Yes. Gory as most horror movies? (laughs) No. No. N- not even close to gory as some movies. <clears throat> and the blood, very limited. Just slightly more blood than Morbius. There is more gore than Morbius, but uh, there's not that much more blood. So, yeah, if you got Disney Plus or you pirate these movies, I don't care if you steal from Disney, like, fuck them, they're Disney. You should definitely go. Uh, check it out if you're part of the Marvel scene or if you're intrigued by the monster movie concept of it. Definitely check it out. Just like I said, you know, you probably should have plans for the rest of your evening afterwards. Maybe this is a good date movie, you know, because, you know, it's over and you still have time to bang. My cat is trying to get my attention. I don't know if the microphone's picking that up or not. I don't know what she wants. What do you want? What do you want? Where was I? Oh, yes. Uh, uh, So, yes. Uh, Werewolf by Night is a fun little ride. Maybe I'll talk, maybe I'll make a spoiler section and I'll talk about the other things that were in it. Because if you couldn't tell, like, almost everything I liked about it, I couldn't tell you about. Because if I did, I feel like I would have spoiled... The three things worth knowing about the movie. 
So we will move now on to Halloween Inns. Another movie that I don't think I'll be able to say much without spoiling. Because there's a thing going into this movie you need to understand. The trailer is a lie. And the trailer is a lie because, frankly, if the movie told you, if the trailers told you what this movie was about, I don't know how in the hell they would have marketed it. I, like, the marketing people probably got the script to Halloween ends and they were like, what the fuck are we supposed to do with this? We can't, we can't, what is the marketing hook for this? This is not what people are expecting. This is very different than what people are expecting, especially after the bloodbath that was Halloween Kills. What are we, what are we going to do with this? Because Halloween Ends, it is a very different movie than Halloween Kills. Maybe they were accused of being too lowbrow with the constant brutality of Halloween Kills. Because Halloween Ends is a much more thinky, thoughtful bit of Halloween. Instead of being the straight-up slaughter fest that Halloween Kills is from almost complete start to end, although this movie, interestingly enough, reveals that a couple characters who you may have thought died in the previous film actually survived, uh, although not very intact. Um... I won't say who, but uh, yeah, Halloween Ends is instead a movie about ideas, almost a, a meta commentary for continued violence and how pers- and how monsters can be made by the way we treat them. There's a lot of how the perceptions and and pressures of society can ultimately turn people into monsters. And no, I'm not saying that this movie has some type of backstory for uh, Michael Myers. It does not. It does not. I, I don't know if I should tell you what this movie actually is about here, because if I were, it would be spoilers. It would be spoilers. But if you can brace yourself for a slower, more thematic, more about-something Halloween movie than the previous two, although, in fairness, this movie does build off the themes of Halloween Kills, which, if you haven't seen Hollywood ki- Hol- Halloween Kills, the themes to Halloween Kills are about how panic and fear are the real dangers. And in this movie, the concept is is that the idea of Michael Myers, the idea of Michael Myers, the fear of Michael Myers, is what turns other human beings into monsters. Now, I will say that this is a movie that you are going to either love or hate if you are a Halloween fan. So the thing you need to understand is that this movie, going into it, is trying something different from the rest of the franchise. And what it's trying is 
you will either think it is interesting or you will be annoyed that you paid to see it in theaters. If you are uncertain how you feel about this movie, if you are concerned you won't like it, might I recommend buying a month of Peacock Plus or whatever they call it, the Peacock, whatever the Peacock channel is, which is less than a movie ticket, and you'll get to watch it in the comfort of your own home. If you'd rather see it in theaters, well, you can always, you know, go to see. You can still do that. Just be prepared that this is going to be a love it or hate it type situation. I think I'm on the side of people who liked it. Although if I have to be completely honest, I found it kind the as an actual climax to the series, I kind of found it underwhelming. I know some people have commented that their favorite part is the last five to ten minutes. But honestly, the last five, ten to mi- five to ten minutes of the film for me was, I mean, I get it, but like I was kind of like, this feels like it's going out with a whimper rather than a bang. But maybe that's philosophically on point. And I would explain how, <laughs> except that it's f- f- <laughs> fucking spoilerino and i can't even i don't even want to synopsize the plot for you because if you know what's going to happen then the first like 10 minutes of the movie are not going to be as as like tense or scary as um or shocking as uh as they would be um i did find the very the beginning of the movie to be genuinely very suspenseful um, although I, I would not find it as suspenseful re-watching it, and I'd tell you why, except it would ruin it. So if you're planning on seeing it, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I will say that the movie is also full of a lot of good acting. I like the cast very much. There's some, there's some cool characters that have been added to the story of Halloween. I... I liked the film. I would definitely say that I would definitely say that the first Halloween in this new of Halloweens where they first brought back Jamie Lee Curtis is definitely the best of the three. I'm not comparing any of these three to the original uh, at this time. But I would definitely say that the first one is definitely the most entertaining and satisfying. And one could argue maybe it should have just ended there. Um, But I did ultimately enjoy the sequel, Halloween Kills, even though it's I found it to be more on the gratuitous side. And the and this sequel, Halloween Ends, is interesting because it doesn't feel like a third movie. It doesn't feel like an ending. I mean, ultimately, it, I won't lie, this is an ending. It ends pretty conclusively. I shouldn't have said that. That's a spoiler. <laughs> but the movie itself doesn't have the same sensation 
of a third movie because third movies are normally third movies whether audiences are aware of it or not are about one thing death third movies tend to be about dying maybe not literally but metaphorically how does return of the jedi end well darth vader dies how does how does the third matrix movie end well neo neo and trinity die although that turned out later to not be dead uh they're brought back by the machines and dark knight rises it's about batman not necessarily bruce wayne dying but the con but but the first iteration of batman's coming to his journey's end and in a way halloween ends is also about this but unlike those other movies that i mentioned before that are about ramping up to going out with a bang this movie is a ramping up to a much more realistic interpretation of death most people don't go out with a bang and neither does halloween ends and i kind of think it's and i i'll be honest i can't tell if it's on purpose or if they just struggle to hit to to absolutely land the impact at the end of the film but I'll give it the benefit of the doubt in that I think it might be philosophically more in line with how the movie goes. I do recommend both films, even though I have a lot of criticisms of both of them. And some of you are not going to like Halloween Ends. If what you want from Halloween Ends is it to be more like Halloween Kills, it is not like Halloween Kills. And it swings so far out from Halloween Kills, even though it's technically continuing some of the same conceptual elements of Halloween Kills. But in terms of overall story and how you think this movie is going to play out, completely different from that. Prepared, be prepared to be surprised. This is a movie about getting old. All right going to stop here for a commercial break and then after the commercial break will be the spoiler section so uh yeah check that out uh, if you feel like you might enjoy the halloween movie more if it's spoiled for you then i will i will do those spoilers first so that you can jump off before i do the werewolf by night spoilers okay see you on the other side of this ad break Oh, wait, but before we go to the ad break, make sure you uh, like or subscribe or give it five stars or whatever you're doing on the podcast service of your choice. Leave me a message on Anchor FM or email the show at rubenuncut at gmail.com. Now we'll go to the ad break. All right, we're in the spoilerinos now. So hang on to your seatbelts. I hope you've already seen these movies. All right, so Halloween Kills. You may, you may be one of the people who decided to stay through because you want to know what the movie was about before you actually put down your hard-earned cash. Okay, we'll get ready for the spoilerinos. Halloween ends, opens, and opens with us being introduced. I'm not going to – I'll try not to spoil 
uh, the actual beginning intro thing because I actually found it really effective and I don't really have a whole lot to say about it other than the fact that it won't be effective the second time you see it. <clears throat> so, the story introduces us to a character, a young man, who at one point in us... Uh, so, at some point after the events of Halloween Kills... Um, he is uh, he is involved in a horrible accident, a horrible accident brought on by his own by by his own fear of Michael Myers. But the whole but the horrible accident ends up everyone in the town now knows who this kid is because fucking small towns. Am I right? Everyone knows what he did. And. The different interpretations of whether he did the thing by accident, which he did, or if he did it as an act of maliciousness. And basically, he's traumatized. The, the town's traumatized. Everybody's traumatized by this. Uh, well, not everybody. A lot of people are fine. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said the whole town. But everyone knows. Everyone in the whole town knows who he is, and no one in town will let him forget what he did. Not only that, but some people believe he did it on purpose, which means that a lot of people think he's a monster. And lots of people, like band geeks, who, by the way, you know you're living in a fucked up town when band geeks are, are, are fucking with you. Like, you know that's a hick town. When even the band geeks have a weird alpha male complex and want to beat the shit out of you. Especially since they're in high school and you're now a young adult and apparently old enough to buy alcohol because they asked him to buy alcohol. And while these band geeks are beaten up on the kid, he gets he meets Laurie Strode, who then introduces this guy to her daughter. And the kid and the daughter, like they connect and they start to develop a relationship. And they it starts and they start feeling like they're falling in love, you know? Only problem is that everyone in this town still thinks he's a piece of shit and is more than happy to fuck with him. Especially right in the peak moments of the movie where he finally thinks he's going to be okay. People pop up to be like, you're not okay, and fuck you for thinking you can be okay. How dare you try to move on with your life when I haven't moved on with mine. And so, he freaks out. He tries to throw his life away again. And it should be noted that he also has a incredibly overbearing, overprotective, possessive mother, who is also kind of speaks down to him, and a stepfather that he works for at the. Uh, I'm not sure what it is, like a junkyard, or, or uh, like a one of those places where you can go and buy car parts or something. But he works for the stepdad, and the stepdad, actually, the stepdad's one of my favorite characters in the movie. He's super cool, and, like, he's the, he's one of the few people who's, like, genuinely a good person to this kid. And, like, even when his mom is throwing him out, he's like, I hope you find love. He's a good guy. And even when he catches his son being a total, his stepson being a total psychopath, he tries to save his life. He's a good guy. Little misguided in that last point got himself killed, but good guy. 
<clears throat> so what's up with this kid? And what do I mean by being a total psycho? Well, you see, after having his freak out with this one person, he ends up running away and he gets jumped by the band geeks again. And the band geeks beat him up and accidentally not, and like push him over this like overpass. And at first, most of the band geeks are like freaked out. They're like, dude, you push him over the overpass. We got to get out of here. And so they do. But when he, as he, when he falls over the overpass, he, he, he falls outside, outside a weird little tunnel where apparently Michael Myers has been, has been slowly dying. It's been four years and Michael Myers has been hiding out in this weird sewer pipe thing. And he's, there's something wrong with him. He's like weaker and he seems unwell and he drags the, and this kid ends up in his tunnel and the Michael Myers grabs somebody's throat and he looks at him and like, it's unclear if this is meant to be supernatural or not, but Michael Myers essentially looks this kid in the eye and sees all this kid's fucking trauma. He sees all the things that are fucked up about this kid and all the things that are fucking him up and Michael Myers lets him go. And the kid's going to get out of there. When the kid's going together, he gets jumped by a homeless man who tells him that Michael Myers sometimes drags people in there. We assume to eat them. Uh, it's not clear what Michael Myers is living off in this tunnel, but apparently he's grabbing random victims and pulling them into it, which you'd think someone would be saying something about that in the town, like the police. Like, people keep mis disappearing. Although, actually, wait, no, they might have an explanation for that because a major thing the movie points out to us is that after the events of Halloween Kills, people threat like murders become fairly common in the town and a lot and and suicides and other acts of violence and depravity. Like like Michael Myers copycats and shit. <clears throat> so maybe people just chalk the disappearances up to that. How many people live in this small town that so many can get murdered? Who's moving to the small town with these crime statistics? Like, who goes to a small town with high crime statistics? That's a fucked up move. Like, a big city with high crime statistics? I mean, yeah, kind of makes sense. That's got to be spread out over the whole huge town. But when you're living in a town, it's like, maybe there's 2,000 people in this whole fucking city, and they got super high crime statistics? Your chances of getting whacked are real high. <laughs> I, I think it's probably more like 10,000 people. I don't know how big their city is. It's unclear. Enough to fill an entire hospital with rioters from Halloween Kills. So we know that. Where was I? Uh, so, so this homeless guy jumps the kid and he stabs the homeless guy to death because uh, he thinks the homeless guy is trying to kill him. But like, but like killing this other guy, killing this person on purpose, like unlocks some shit in him. And so the next time a guy is trying to fuck with him, because, of course, a guy tries to fuck with the kid, uh, this other guy who tried to date Laurie Strode's granddaughter and the granddaughter didn't call him back and instead went on a date with Mr. Psycho. And so this guy gets mad they're on a date, so he decides to follow the psycho in his car after their date. Of course, he's following a kid on a motorcycle, so the kid knows he's there. He knows he's being followed. So the kid lures him to Michael Myers thing. To Michael Myers, like, uh, fucking, uh, underground, like, sewer tube place that he's living under this underpass. 
and he lures the guy, <clears throat> the guy in in there to have Michael Myers teach him how to kill this guy. And so this kid starts to become like the protege for Michael Myers, or at least that's how he sees it. That's what he feels is happening. Now he's not, there's a part of him that's still good. There's a part of him deep down inside that's worried about this. But at a certain point, he just gives into it. And he just is like, fuck it. I'm, and he goes back to Michael Myers' uh, cave and he like, knocks Michael Myers down and he steals Michael Myers' mask and he goes and gets his own jumpsuit and then he goes and he just starts murdering anyone who's ever fucked him over. And he starts with, and he gets his, he gets his stepmom and he goes and he gets his, uh, and he goes and he, and he, uh, oh, he kills, he kills this doctor that screwed over Lori's granddaughter by giving a promotion to a woman he was sleeping with instead and also his total dick to Lori's daughter. I mean, granddaughter. I forget her name. And he fucking... That one, him and Myers do together, actually. Like, he kills the doctor, and then, like, Michael Myers goes and, like, kills the the chick the doctor's banging, who he gave the promotion to. Um, It's unclear why Michael Myers does not come on more of the kids' killing sprees. To be fair, that one takes place before he steals Michael Myers' mask. Uh, prior to stealing Michael Myers' mask, he's killing people in a clown mask. Um, but so he steals Michael Myers' mask, and he goes uh, to and he goes on a on a rampage, and then he ends up going after Laurie Strode. But of course, Laurie Strode gets him, and and to fuck with her, he stabs himself to make her granddaughter think that Laurie Strode killed him. Um, now this doesn't completely work because Laurie's granddaughter finds out of all the guys he killed and figures it out. But essentially, <clears throat> Michael Myers actually also that he doesn't die from the neck wound either. Michael Myers comes down, like Michael Myers finally gets back up. He, he Michael Myers, by the way, it's, it seems like Michael Myers is being rejuvenated by the kills. Also, is another thing. Like, it seems like he's regaining some of his powers as this kid is helping him kill more people. Also, he's still missing the fingers from the previous movie. So he does take damage. But so he, he of course, goes to Laurie Strode's house. And, uh, and, he, and he finds this kid to get his mask back. And he takes his mask back. And the kid, like, the kid is actually not dead yet. And he, like, tries to grab at Michael Myers' leg. And, and Michael Myers just, like, reaches down and, like, breaks the kid's neck. Now, up to this point in the movie, there was a part of me that was going, oh, man, is this going to be, like, a passing of the torch thing? Is it going to be, like, a magic mantle with the mask? Is this kid going to get Michael Myers' powers? He does not. Michael Myers just fucking kills that bitch. And then he goes after Laurie, and him and Laurie have a fight in the kitchen. And and they have a fight in the kitchen, and it's the moments from the trailer you saw. And then, and and basically, Laurie manages to pin him to the kitchen table. Laurie's granddaughter comes back. They and they slit his throat together, and then they they take him out with the cops. And the whole town parades him to the junkyard, where they throw Michael Myers' body into a metal shredder. 
and it just grinds him up into paste. Oh, I almost forgot how the band kids die. Uh, the band kids get lured to the junkyard um, where he starts trying to kill him off. And, and tra- tragically, tragically, his, his stepdad who works there, who's one of the decent people in the movie, uh, tragically, uh, he, he takes some guns and he's like, hey, he gives the one kid a gun. He's like, you stay here. And he goes out. And when he figures out that it's his stepson, he's like, oh, no, this is not good. And he goes like he's going to talk him down. Oh, they didn't get that far. Because the guy he told to stay put, the band geek he told to stay put, comes out with the fucking rifle, and and he's prepared to shoot him. And the stepdad, you know, being a good stepdad, just like steps in front of him. He's like, no, and his hand comes up. Bullet goes right through his head. Band geek shoots him. And then... The kid satisfyingly murders that guy. Actually, all the band geeks die. Pretty satisfying. I, I never thought I'd say that about a movie. I don't have a problem with band geeks. But, you know, like, in this movie, they're huge fucking assholes. So, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> now, the thing about this movie, this movie, I think, is some kind of commentary on the concept of violence itself how the idea of violence and how we glorify monsters leads to other people becoming monsters. I think that's what the movie is about. And I think that the movie from that perspective is pretty interesting. The idea of Michaels Myers almost gets passed on, almost gets passed on to a new name. I think that's the idea. I think that's supposed to be the idea is that Michael is that the power of Michael Myers is, is about to be, passed on that that trauma is about to be forwarded to a new, another generation but then lori kills it they kill him they put his body in the chipper and as they say the sto- they let the stories of michael myers fade they let it go because that's the only way to move past mass murderers is to kill them and move on <laughs> with society I don't know if this is meant to be a commentary on like school shooters and spree killers, but it's kind of what it feels like. You see, the last movie was the spree killing. This movie is about the people inspired by the spree killing. And from that perspective, it's interesting. And I got to give it off to that. It's also, of course, about dying, killing the legend of Michael Myers so that it can never come again. In that regard... It's pretty cool. All right. Now let's do the spoilers for Werewolf by Night. Oh, wait. Hold on. I forgot to say the thing about death. Okay. So the thing I was talking about earlier, how this is a mo- how I felt like Halloween Ends was a movie about death, but it wasn't a movie like a- about death like the rest of third movies and trilogies are movies about death. I thought it was, it feels like a more realistic death because it's sort of, they let it he's he's not as strong as he used to be he's they and they sort of just grind him down and he it it's more like how you expect it's more like when a person die a person gets old and they die it's more like that type of death i mean technically they they did still kill him but i i don't know how to articulate what i'm trying to say I hope you understand what i'm getting at with a whimper then a bang 
implying that he deserved the whimper. <clears throat> where was I? Okay, Werewolf by Night. So the movie starts out, and we're introduced to all the, the guys, the, the various hunters, most of whom I don't remember because they're not compelling characters. Um, but I can tell you there's... But basically, the most important characters are there's a there's this girl who's related to the Bloodstone family who's there, who abandoned her family because she didn't agree with their philosophies and techniques, and now she's here to claim the Bloodstone for herself as her family, as the family's heir. It would have normally passed to her, but because she ran away, they're having the contest. And then, of course, you got your other killers. There's the Asian guy. I'm pretty sure there was a black guy. Weird-looking woman or non-binary uh, half-human creature. I don't know. Uh, I don't even remember their names, uh, to be completely honest. They're, they're barely in the film. Their major purpose is to either cause confusion or die. Uh, well, I mean, to either cause something specific to happen in the story or to die. And then, of course, you have the werewolf by night himself, who, uh, who is posing as one of these hunters. Why? Because, well, the whole thing I haven't been trying to tell you, and probably one of the things that made it most worthwhile for me to watch, was that he's there to rescue his friend Man-Thing. That's right, the Marvel version of Swamp Thing. No longer a horrific monster here like in his previous Man-Thing movie, which is not very good at all. Here, he is more returned to his comic book, uh, his comic book roots. Is he a little bit Groot-like? I can't lie. He's kind of a lot Groot-like in certain ways. I don't mean just that they're plant people, because they kind of are. I mean, like, he's just got that goofy, I am a non-verbal, non-human creature character thing going on that Groot has. I mean, Groot, you could say Groot is verbal, but... <laughs> Groot, it's, I mean, Groot is technically verbal, but his language is so... His language is so different. But so, yeah. So, Groot. Uh, where was I? Oh, I, can't, I can't. I don't know if you can hear my cat. Meow. Meow. Okay, just the, just the one. Just the one. You only give me the one? Okay. All right. Where was I? Okay, so man things in the movie. And of course, it all leads up to the werewolf getting transformed. I think he looks pretty cool. I like the design. And the action that ensues once he is the werewolf is pretty brutal and cool. Um, yeah, no, that's that's literally all I have to say about the movie. I, I don't know. I I just wish I had more to say about it. I just wish there was more to say about it. It's a cool intro to two to three technically three characters, the Lady Bloodstone character and then Werewolf by Night and Man Thing. I enjoyed that. It's a nice intro to them. Um but there's just there's not really anything else here. This this literally feels like a single issue of a comic book. A solid single that would be the good way to put it. Solid single issue comic book story. Not quite as good as, I mean, I can think of some better single-issue comic book stories. And technically, this story would probably actually be two volumes 
would actually probably be two issues of a comic book. What with the 50 something minute runtime and comic books being about 22 to 24 pages of story. Uh, but yeah, no, you get, you get what I'm saying, right? You can hear me. So yeah, Werewolf by Night and Halloween Ends. Like I dug them both. Although neither one as much as I would have liked to. All right. Thank you for listening to Ruben Uncut. I'm Ruben. This has been Uncut. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, but thank you for listening. Please provide positive feedback in whatever manner, wherever you get your podcasts from allows, whether that be liking or subscribing or following or, or, giving, fo- or giving a number of star ratings or whatever to the, uh, the podcast episodes. Uh, I'm sure those things all help me in the algorithms and such. Uh, so, yeah. And like I said, please feel free to reach out to me via email at rubenuncut at gmail.com. Or you can go to my Anchor FM to leave behind a, a, voice, uh, a voicemail. And my Anchor FM is anchor.fm slash ruben-ryan. All right. Thank you very much peace out homies in tonight's news a number of children were accidentally given delta 8 gummies by a elderly woman named rachel marble when neighbors were asked about the incident they responded well you know stoners look like everybody else <laughs>